You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hi, my name is Blake and I have just a quick note before we get started. Actually, it's more like a recommendation because this podcast is an immersive audio experience, part fact, part fantasy. It's best that you listen with headphones on, imagination on, and everything else turned off. Welcome to Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast. Season 2, Episode 10. A chance encounter with a man named Steez. As I slide down I-5 from my mom's in Portland to my brother's in Medford, I pass through Curtin, Oregon. Never heard of it. The town, positioned slightly underneath the highway, feels desolate against a backdrop of small mountains. Damaged structures or fully vacant buildings dot both sides of the highway, not an uncommon sight on the United States interstate system. Stretches of roadway littered in ruins, symbols of corruption, power and greed, the systems created to force economic, environmental, and emotional devastation on local communities all over the country. Housing insecurity and homelessness, unemployment, income inequality, food injustice, the so-called war on drugs, and the Sackler brothers, and billions of dollars gone to waste, left to rot, a memorialization of the deliberate steps taken to segregate the 99%. Curtin, Oregon is actually a pretty spot-on symbol for all that. You've got basically a ghost town decimated by a history of economic blows, right up to the 2008 recession, where it all just sort of fell apart. Sitting underneath a giant interstate, flooded with all sorts of big businesses moving goods and cash up and down the western United States. Cogs in the machine that feeds the 1%. It's a bit of an odd sight because the surroundings are beautiful. The mountains aren't tall, but they're there, and they're really green. It takes my breath away. As I pass through, I glance down below, and a solitary building catches my eye. The closer I get, the bigger the empty, derelict parking lot next to this two-story concrete compound gets. Though I whiz by, the image of this strange building burns into my brain like a branding, lit up by its reflection in the rearview mirror, smaller and smaller, until I see exit signs for Leona, Yonkala, and a town called Drain but I can't get curtain out of my head. 
As I approach exit 162, my hands take over. I unexpectedly screech off I-5, my body whiplashed by the sudden jolt of the car, and hang a quick right onto Buck Creek Road, followed by another fast right onto Curtin Road. And within moments, I find myself parked across the street from the property. It almost didn't happen. I'm out of breath. But that's fate for you. My brain whispers. This chance encounter required zero research. I didn't scrub Instagram comments, private Urbex Facebook groups, didn't gather information on coordinates for abandoned houses in the middle of the woods or abandoned factories on the outskirts of town. No... This one just fell right into my lap. I almost missed it, but I didn't. It's just sitting here, gray and white, stone and wood, metal. Objects strewn about on the lawn, plastic toys, the outdoor kind that kids sit on and drive around. I'm pretty sure I have an echolocation for abandoned spaces, having discovered several ruins by accident while exploring the country. It's often been said that imagination makes the world go round. Constructive imagination that puts brains and idle hands to work. Sometimes, general anxiety or time constraints force me to keep on driving, and I leave these moments with major FOMO. Another opportunity for my imagination to go hog-wild, the way it has been since May of 2020, when I reclaimed the art of exploring abandoned spaces. Actually, I invite you to listen to season one if you're not really sure what that means, but if you do, yeah, that. Nature has given each one of us more imagination than we ever used. But to keep this world turning in the right direction, every bit that is used should be guided toward constructive ends. My car idles a bit before I turn the key and it sputters off. I stare across the road at the property, still unsure what it is. A musty pickup truck approaches and slows as the driver stares me down. I pretend I don't notice, fake typing on my phone until he picks up speed again and leaves. When I'm sure he's gone... I climb out of my car and cross the street. The soles of my feet feel the impact of the cracked and cragged concrete unevenly distributed beneath them. I wonder when the last time the highway department came to touch up these roads. When a zip code goes defunct, is that like a signal to the state highway department that they should just stop maintaining the roads? I land against the southern side of the building. There's no fence, not a no-trespassing sign in sight. There are several full-sized broken windows to crawl through, and every door into the building is... open. On the ground are VHS tapes, cassettes, books, baseball cards spilling out of trash bags strewn about, like Goodwill puked its guts out. Rounding to the back of the building, I discover a metal staircase that leads up to an open door on the second floor. 
I walk up and poke my head inside. It's a two-bedroom apartment, a large open room with both a living room and a kitchen, cabinets still stocked with food, Nestle cocoa powder, marshmallows, canned corn, beets, a box of saltines. Stuffed animals and toys are scattered all over the floor, a vacant crib underneath the kitchen counter. I'm half expecting a ghost to appear like they always do, but nothing. No invention of my imagination to try and fill in the gaps. Nothing. I stand very still and hope to encounter some magic in this strange space I've fallen into, but I only hear the muffled sounds of I-5 above me. I hear the soft sounds of dripping water and feel... lonely. I inspect the room, running my fingers along the kitchen counter, picking up the remote in an attempt to turn on the television, which doesn't work, touching noses with the poofy unicorn pillow sitting on a chair who I anticipate will say something, but again, only a robust silence. So, like, where did this family go? (laughs) Like, are they safe? Are they okay? Like, what the hell happened here? I just, I just want to know. I feel like I can hear panic in my voice on that iPhone voice memo. As I go on, I decide that it's exceedingly likely that at least three people lived here, above some sort of commercial space below, and at least two of them were children, based on the food in the cabinets. It feels like this building was the first in a line of dominoes that ultimately caused the town of Curtin to vanish. I poke my head into one of the adjacent bedrooms and find a stenciled message on the wall that says Irish Pride, but the R in Pride is backwards, like red rum in The Shining. There's a dusty couch and a half-body mirror and a strange tapestry on the wall in the corner of the room, a painted patchwork, almost like a collage of drawings done by a character that's some disturbed, haunted kid in a B-horror movie. Hey, is anybody here? Hello? I make my way downstairs and enter the odd commercial space. I'm beginning to doubt my instinct that this might have been some sort of entertainment center and realize later, by sleuthing Google Maps, that it was a county store called Pass Creek Market, packed with cheeky Oregon merch and reasonably priced snacks. An even deeper dive confirms my suspicions. At one point, this was a roadside amusement park, complete with a go-kart track, Ferris wheel, and other second-rate rides. I find more piles of clothes, magazines, trophies, a detached car seat with a stuffed monkey sitting on it. His seatbelt isn't buckled. I look at a smashed window and see Winnie the Pooh perched on the ledge under a tag that says, Smile. But I can't seem to smile. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I don't feel good. This is, this is, this is just way too much. I exit the building and round the corner to the empty lot covered in tires that surround a vintage Dodge camper. Okay, now we're talking about this thing. Old. I wonder. I wonder when the last person used this. I feel like my dad would love this thing. 
Inside, I find a fully stocked kitchen, sleeping quarters, bathroom. On the makeshift metal wall next to the vehicle lives a message. It says, wake up. I snap a few more photos and prepare my exit. As I make my way across the property to where I've parked my car across the road, I see a tall man crossing underneath the I-5 overpass. He sports a Rastafarian cap, dreadlocks, and carries an Arizona iced tea and Marlboro lights. I'm in no mood to talk to strangers, much less this dude, so I pick up the pace when I hear him call out. We're just close enough that it would be glaringly obvious that I was ignoring him, so I stop, begrudgingly. Because I'm queer, I've grown accustomed to randomly inserting the word man into conversations with straight men to signal my fake level of masculinity and prevent myself from having to deal with any automatic lame assumptions that I'm flirting. But the tall man walks right up to me, generously extends his hand, a big goofy smile plastered on his face, and it puts me somewhat at ease, though my guard is still very much up. He's clearly stoned off his rocker based on the overwhelming scent of bong water that shimmies off his body. So do you like, like, what do you know about this place? Like, like, where do they go? He begins to question me about the building. Shit, like, where are they, you know? Oh, no, 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 I, I don't know anything about the space. It just, just caught your eye? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Is that your camper? No, but I, I think it's beautiful. I'm Steez. No, Steez. No, 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 Steez. Yeah, 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 that's right. Zzz, zzz, with a Z, like Zelda, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Zzz, yeah. Steez invites me to his compound in the woods on a hill overlooking the interstate. Dude, you can't even see it, man. Covered in vines, like all tangled up on the ground. He says he's sold out musical festivals there, that he lives off the grid up there, which is why he hasn't gotten COVID-19, which he also hints is a government conspiracy, though he doesn't say it outright. Yo, the pandemic is a government conspiracy. I just think there's something they're not telling us, man. Steez shakes my hand three times over the course of our conversation, and I can't stop thinking about hand sanitizer and try not to touch my face because I'm totally afraid of getting COVID again. Steez and I talk about capitalism. Yo they're, yo, they're bloody fucking monsters, bro. And imagination. I mean, I could live inside it. Mine, yours, it's where beautiful looks best. And ghosts. Oh, oh, for sure, man. I mean, empty places like that. He motions toward the building. Full of ghosts. I'm warming up to Steez. Hey, man, you think I could uh, get a ride? The warming instantly fades. I panic. This is how all true crime podcasts start. Like, textbook. Some do-gooder offers a ride to a stranger, then vanishes into thin air. Bye-bye. But for some very stupid reason, I agree. And as he climbs into my car, I think about Gabriel Cahane's Merritt Parkway. I hum the part of the song where he sings...
We caravan in silence, a half mile down the bumpy road away from the train tracks in the mysterious abandoned building. That coronavirus shit is a figment of our imaginations. I never got it, man. I mean, I didn't get the vaccine. I don't need some strange goopy shit in my arm. You know, my immune system is good enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about the science of the vaccine, but I, I know that this technology has been in the works for, for quite some time. Teaches up. Yeah, so. You know what I mean? Teaches up. I'm about to go into my whole spiel about public health and why it matters to me as a homo with a chosen family who already dealt with a pandemic once before, and then I decide not to, because, again, I don't know this guy. And it doesn't actually matter because Steez stops me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, this is it. Saw it. Yeah, bingo. I can see a vague cutout of what used to be a driveway leading up a hill. Hey, thanks for everything, man. Yo, yo, come to a festival sometime. (laughs) Sure, I'd love to. Thanks, Steez. It'll be safe, all right? Stay out of trouble, yeah? Oh, I can't make a promise I can't keep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good, man. Don't make promises you can't keep. Yeah, yeah, that's good. He turns man. around and Don't starts up the hill. I watch him in my rear view mirror disappear into the thick trees covering his steep driveway as I drive away. When my eyes fall back on the road, I pass a sign that says drain. Drain indeed. My car emerges back onto I 5. I can't stop thinking about Steez or the strange building. And it dawns on me that I have no proof of our meeting, no photos, nothing. And though I can't say for sure, I smirk, contending with the possibility that my new friend Steez was just another one of the imaginary ghosts I've met on my adventures to the ruins of America. And every once in a while since then, I wake up in the middle of the night and see Steez sitting in the corner of my room, smoking a joint drinking an Arizona iced tea. It doesn't scare me. He doesn't scare me. Because I know he's just there to make sure I'm okay. Hey, man. Hey, You okay? You okay? You okay? If you're just tuning in, welcome to the second season of Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast. Join me every other week as I take you on an immersive sonic journey, recounting my expeditions of abandoned spaces across the United States, which I transform into fantastical audio experiences that allow you, dear listener, to dive into my imagination with me, or maybe inspire you to go out and use your own. Next time, a zombie apocalypse at an abandoned factory in Port Jervis, a battered city that straddles three different states, New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. If you don't want to miss it, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really like what you hear, would you feel comfy subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show? It's very helpful. Also, if you like to read or enjoy amateur photography, just know that each episode this season is adapted from the original All-American Ruins blog, where you can catch up on more of my adventures. Just visit allamericanruins.com or follow me on Instagram at allamericanruins. 
Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast is hosted, written, edited, and produced by me, Blake File, with studio space courtesy of Radio Kingston, WKNY, AM 1490, FM 1079 in Kingston, New York. Special thanks to Ida Hakala, Jimmy Buff, and Manuel Bloss for the resources and encouragement. Carrie Donahue and the staff and faculty at the SUNY Stony Brook Audio Podcast Fellowship for the guidance and mentorship. To you, the listener, for taking the time to explore these abandoned spaces with me, and... Steez. Oh, Steez. Well, you know. <laughs>